Welcome to the Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Podcast. This Ontario-generated podcast is here to talk outdoor living, fishing, and hunting. Give all kinds of geeky tech talks and hunting tips with things that have worked for us. We all have a story to tell, and here's ours. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Whitetail Wednesday I have a new listener joined on the phone with me today, and we're going to be briefing all the awesome tips and tactics that we do every week. So without further ado, Anthony, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Yourself? I am doing very well. So you've been out in the Whitetail Woods? Uh, a little bit, or, or a lot, depending if you're asking me or my wife. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, I guess it's good that one of you have been out. Um, how has the season been to you guys so far this year? Um, it's going a little bit challenging. Um, really couldn't pattern much down in the early part of the season. It's uh, pretty much been a lot more active in the past few weeks for, for whatever reason. And uh, we've had deer in front of us the past three, four, six over the past week. So it's uh, looking to improve, just waiting for that, that right deer at the right time. And uh, we, we were just kind of chatting briefly there before we kick this off. Um, you weren't able to make it out for your controlled hunt. And actually, where, whereabouts did you say you were from again? So I'm from Vaughn. Uh, we hunt 78, and uh, we control hunt up in 77 near near Allison. So uh, the controlled hunt, uh, the second part of it, the, the winter hunt happened last week or two weeks ago now, I think. Um, I didn't get to go, but the guys managed to get up there. They saw quite a few deer. Uh, really wasn't much prep work done in it. We're fortunate that we get to hunt a property that borders a farmer who farms alfalfa bean. And uh, to the west of the property is Dufferin County Forest, and to the south is another uh, outdoor education center. So we have very low hunting pressure, and the property that we hunt is a pretty good through fare for the deer. Uh, very, very visible game trails. Uh, there's some swamp and some changes in elevation, and you could pretty much guarantee yourself seeing animals as long as you use your head and you you pick the right spot. So we're lucky we got we got a pretty healthy doe, four and a half year, five year old doe, and uh, that was probably a total of 15 hours of hunting between the whole group. So not a bad success to time put in ratio over there. Absolutely. Are you, um, like, is there a certain, um, like, what kind of land are you hunting around? Like, uh, I know, obviously, the further north you get, you're getting into a lot more greenery um, as opposed to them hardwoods. What What's your vegetation like? What kind of properties are you hunting on? So the controlled hunt, we uh, we hunt a property which was a planted forest. So your telephone poles before they come telephone poles and nice neat rows. Um, over the years, it's been logged selectively, so they've got some openings. In those openings, you've got uh, the hardwoods and some low ground cover starting to come up. There are some acorn trees on there, a couple crab apples. And on one side of the property is what we call a swamp. It's more like a, a pond. Um, it's not a vacation. It's kind of standing water and turns out to be a pretty good watering hole. Terrain's not too aggressive. It's pretty, pretty flat. Uh, there is a ridge on, on the east side of the property which the deer uses a shield to kind of come into the property from the edge of the field and get to that watering hole so it's uh it's not exactly dense bush but it's got enough cover to keep the deer held in and uh, bedded down and, and accessible to us 
Now, uh, for your guys' controlled hunt specifically, just because it's uh, so kind of relative in timing, um, are you guys sitting in tree stands? Are you guys uh, like a, a pushing crew? How do you guys approach your controlled hunt? Uh, we're a posting kind of crew. We only have 100 acres that we're able to, to hunt. And like I said before, we border some uh, crown land. So the worst thing that we can actually do is push the deer. We actually kind of use the people hunting the crown lands or that Dufferin County Forest to our advantage and let them push the deers into us on their way to the field. So we have three tree stands set up, two ground blinds, and the older fellows, the 60-year-plus crew, uh, they don't really feel comfortable climbing up trees or getting into blinds, so they do the old school thing where they lean up against a tree and sit on a, a pail or whatnot, and for some reason they always seem to get lucky. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of taking it back to the roots, I guess, if you go cruising along. I mean, the, the Fred Bear era where plaid and jeans and, yeah, perching up against a tree was uh, the ways of the hunting world. I've, I've dabbled a little bit this year and just kind of sitting in a tree or, uh, sitting in a chair rather in a little, little bush, little thicket bush with branches kind of hung over me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've certainly seen deer sitting there, whether it helps to be in that tree stand or not this year, it's kind of in like, well, I actually don't really know. I don't even know if I need a tree stand anymore, but We'll, uh, we'll, we'll continue to hunt that way from that tree stand. But, um, so up to this point, uh, what kind of deer activity have you been seeing in your area? In the areas that we bow hunt up, uh, near Orangeville, we saw a lot of very early season activity. Uh, when the deer are still in velvet, we're getting some pretty consistent patterns. We're getting, um, some diverse buck, um, activity. We're getting, uh, little spikies all the way up to some pretty robust 12 pointers um that kind of tailed off uh, when the weather kind of changed a little bit and then when the red hit it went really really quiet we had a significant number of does on the property and a lot of fawns but we really didn't see any bucks um towards the end of the, the rut we uh picked up a buck on on a camera and targeted him and uh he was taken a half hour before sundown on a Friday afternoon, which was kind of nice. Uh, it was a big boy, 10-pointer, probably five-year-old deer, everything intact, nice-looking deer. Um, he actually came in like you see on TV, on a string to a rattle. And it was uh, pretty quick work to put him down, through and through. He made it about 10 yards, and that was it. The rest is history. Um at what point did you guys really see your peak rut? I believe it's just died off in the past. We're December 8th. Probably the past two weeks is when I thought we had seen the absolute peak rut. And then, I mean, in the past week, what I've seen, even just driving to um, the, the training that I'm in right now for work, uh, seeing bucks still chasing, chasing, but they're two-and-a-half-year-olds a lot more three-and-a-half-year-olds on camera. When did you guys experience the peak of your rut in your area? In our area, it was around November 8th. So we started to see a lot of uh, trailing activity on the cameras. You know, you get a, a doe popping in at 4.45 and 4.47, you see the buck cruising in right after with the, the nose to the ground. Um, it was active for about a week and a half, two weeks, and kind of trailed off, and then... 
know, this mythical second rut kind of kicked in um, in the past couple of days. We we noticed when we were out on Sunday, uh, the Bucks are still chasing the unbred does. Uh, they're a lot more skittish than they were a couple weeks ago. They're holding at three lines, not really coming out and giving an opportunity for a clean shot, but they are still out there trying to do what they do at this time of year. Like, what do you kind of take into the rut with you as far as hunting tactics? And given uh, where you are with kind of the rutting activity and the change of behavior, how are you going to go forward in the next week, two weeks, uh, getting back out with the bow? So leading up to the rut, we bait. We bait a lot. We bait diverse. So a lot of guys are either corn guys or carrot guys or salt licks we do it all and at the end of the day um we kind of take stock of what's being hit the hardest and kind of wean off the other types of baits or attractants if you will uh, focus on what's being hit um the other thing that we do is we're pretty careful with how we approach the woods um we're, we're very mindful of wind direction wind speed um how to get in how to get out um we always take our, our cases in, button up the bow or the gun at the at half hour after sunset point and wait and let things settle down before we exit the stand. So in terms of tactics, there's nothing really earth shattering. It's more just being aware and being cognizant of what's happening and controlling what you can and giving yourself the best opportunity. After the rut, um, it's baiting. Every time somebody goes in, um, the rule is bring a bag of carrots, bring a bag of corn, bring something. The last thing you want to do is, especially now snow on the ground, is to take away a food source that the deer have become accustomed to. And um, the years that we haven't been disciplined in doing that, we've had very little success. And the years that we've been very disciplined in doing that, it's actually been phenomenal years. Uh, people haven't been shooting deer, and we've been able to get what we needed to get out of the bush. Um, you'd mentioned carrots there. Uh, what is your kind of go-to bait for your uh, your properties? It changes year by year. Uh, two years ago, it was uh, dead fall apples from an orchard. Uh, that seemed to work really well. Last year, it was corn. This year, seems to be carrots. Um, the only thing is, a couple of years ago, we had problems with coyotes. They're rotten overrunning the property and they're actually feeding on the deer feed um, it took a couple of positive steps to reduce the impact of coyotes um, not a bad way to spend winter months when the, the deer season is closed and uh, after that we were able to kind of uh, better manage our, our, um, our attractants and food the other thing that we did is we got an automatic feeder um, just a little five gallon pail with an electronic timer that would release, call it a handful of corn. And in my experiences from hunting in other parts of the world, uh, the animals actually became accustomed to hearing the motor go off to disperse the food. So even when that feeder ran dry, that sound cue of that motor turning on when the food would be coming out was enough to bring in the animals out of, uh, within a relatively prescribed time interesting i've never um i've never kind of really looked at it that way i tried an automatic feeder 
myself. It was actually a manual feeder and it was made out of PVC. It was fastened to a tree and I mean it was about four feet tall. So it was just the shaft that they could feed out of. Um, but oddly enough for me that they didn't like that. I, I would spill it out on in front of that tree, in front of that feeder. And they would hit the pile of whatever it was I was putting out. I, at that time it was corn. And they had no problems with it. But that feeder still sat with all that corn in it. And for a lot of months it stayed that way. So that's a really cool um, set up actually if you have some photos after I wouldn't mind you sending me those to uh, via Instagram I want to check that out that would be pretty cool no problem. the only thing with those automatic feeders is you got to set them up in a way where they can't be messed around with so um, squirrels raccoons whatnot they find ways to knock those freestanding feeders off and kind of tip them over or get into them so we actually run a line between two trees and suspend the feeder off that line to, to eliminate those little critters from getting at it. You had mentioned uh, attractants in your um, in baiting. Do you do you guys use many attractants this time of year? Um, we'll take in a drag. Um, we'll spray down our boots with a doe and asterisk. It's more of a cover scent at this stage than anything else. But uh, during the peak of the rut, uh, those wink... Um, I guess incense sticks seem to be a big hit. Um, they're also a really good way to gauge the wind when the smoke's coming off of them. So you're able to pick up a shifting wind while also attracting the deer. And you know, if it changes where it's not a favorable wind, it gives you an opportunity to get out of there before you you ruin the hunt for the next few days by spooking the animal. What are your food sources surrounding that property? Um. So. On one side, it's um, a farmer's field. He's rotated the crops. This year, he had corn up. Um, last year was alfalfa. Then on the other side is a golf course. Uh, so there's nothing really there. So pretty much the corn or the alfalfa, depending what's in the field. Okay, and as far as uh, I'm a big guy on uh, barometer and the moon phase myself, so for me that is going to be probably, especially after the rut when a lot of you know more mature deer, more mature bucks are tired, aside from focusing on those food sources, water sources, I personally pay a lot of attention to the moon and my still my pressure system. I take my pressure system hunting throughout the whole season. Do you also utilize uh, the pressure system as well as monitor the moon phase, or is that something you're just kind of like, nah, that's it, it's a hoax? Uh, no, we, we definitely look into those things. Um, the better indicator, to keep it simple, is just playing the game with the cold and, and warm fronts coming in and, and trying to get out two, three days before they're supposed to hit or two, three days after them. Any kind of change in, in the status quo is enough to get the deer moving. Uh, I've actually had quite a bit of success when you've had some significant temperature fluctuations in the day, you've actually gotten fog. For whatever reason up in our area, the deer seem to be willing to move in the fog and move a lot more than under normal circumstances very interesting well i uh 
I definitely like your idea with the, the automatic feeder. It, it, it sounds cool. I, I wish something like that had worked for me for sure, but, uh, they, they prefer just the, the old pile of corn or apples, whatever it is that I'm using this time of year. So I guess that's how I'm going to continue to use, utilize that. I myself will be putting out, uh, corn piles, um, you know, as you said, walking in every time that I can, um, I generally like to do it first thing in the morning. If I can, if I'm going in for a morning hunt, that way, any extra noise that I'm making something that doesn't, you know, a bit of the bag rustle or some crunching doesn't sound abnormal to them. Um, they'll be okay with, and I can't really be seen at least if they're going to hop off, they're not going to see what, what is going on, what's making that noise. But, um, I, I appreciate you jumping on here with me and, yeah, definitely keep me posted of uh, how the rest of your season goes, and hopefully you guys can uh, get some more luck. Thank you. Hopefully you guys uh, fill those tags and get that freezer full as well. And another report from kind of a new area, one we haven't really heard too much about. So thanks so much, Anthony, for joining. You guys can check out his page on Instagram, ATAC Outdoors, A-T-A-C, Outdoors. He has some awesome content. Follow along there, his hunt for the rest of the season. And as always, if you would like to share your success stories or unsuccessful stories, hunting tips and tactics that you want to share, if you wanted to debate, if you want to argue, please send me a DM via Instagram or Facebook, and I would happily have you on the show. Check out the website, ontariooutdoorpursuit.com for some awesome new camp hoodies three quarters and t-shirts that i now have available it is kind of the season of keeping warm so if you've been following along instagram you've now seen that toques are available toques are still available they are kind of going pretty quick so you're gonna have to get on messaging me if you want one of those those will not be featured on the web page so shoot me a dm on instagram and i can get you hooked up with one of those throughout the whole month of december if you order a toque you will be getting a free decal as well so be sure to support the podcast support the brand let's get all those hunting tips and techniques out there for everyone else and we will see you guys next week for another awesome week of the whitetail wednesday bow edition (music) 